Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast focusing on the booming horse market in China, bringing to you by two experts of Chinese equine industry, Zoe King and Jojo Wang from Shanghai and Hong Kong, introducing China to the world. Hi, Jojo. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Zoe. Wish you and your family all the best for the New Year. Same to you. Wish you a New Year full of health. Happiness and prosperity. Thank you. You know, in China, we celebrate the New Year according to the lunar calendar. This year, the Chinese New Year will start on the first of February, twenty twenty-two, and it will be a year of tiger in the Chinese zodiac sign. A very good sign, a symbol of ambitions and energy. In terms of public holidays, we will have seven days off from February first to seventh. Almost all business will be put on stop during this period. Chinese people will stay with families and friends, share good meals, and just have fun. Still one month to go. Very looking forward to it. But before that, don't forget our first China Horse Business Live webinar scheduled on January tenth. From eight a.m. to nine a.m. CET, we have great speakers from China, Holland, Poland, and Australia. Our speech souls were fully booked in December. Guys, if you want to speak in our monthly webinar, please contact us right away. The speech slots are limited. You don't want to miss out the opportunity to connect your business to China. All right, let's see what's new in Chinese equine industry in today's China news. Follow to the equine industry five-year development plan released jointly by the Ministry of Agriculture and the National Sport Bureau. The development plan of Chinese animal breeding and veterinary industry within the fourteenth five-year development period. In this development plan. Horse breeding in equine industry was mentioned and listed in the category of specific animals. The main guideline for the equine industry development is to adopt different approaches in different areas. For traditional equine areas, including Inner Mongolia, Xinjiang, Qinghai, Tibet, Gansu, and Sichuan, it is considered to develop the breeding, horse training, and characteristic competitions. Based on the Chinese local breed horses. On the other hand, for the urban and emerging areas, including Beijing, Tianjin, Hebei, Yangtze River Delta area, and the Greater Bay Area and Hainan Three Zone, it is required to focus on improving the local breeds with imported horses and to breed horses for specific discipline with the performance checking system. It is encouraged to organize racing, equestrian competitions, and polo games, and cultivate the consumption potential of sports events and leisure riding. It is important for the Chinese modern equine industry to go for internationalization. Well, this official document reaffirms Chinese government's intention to develop the equine industry and pointed out the areas which are on the radar. It will be another booster for the industry in the next five years. At the end of December, a new equestrian center launched construction plan in Guizhou. Although Guizhou Province was not mentioned in the official documents, it cannot stop the project's boost in the region. So let's see what's happening in today's China Club session. 
it is announced that the Guiyang International Equestrian Center will be built in a public park in Guiyang City, covering 120,000 square meters. The stables and arenas will be constructed conforming with international competition standards. The center is also given the mission of urban community hub where people can live with horses in the nature. The project was initiated and financed by the local real estate developer, and it will be operated by external professional equestrian team, which is going to design and provide a variety of equestrian program, competitions and experience. The detailed construction and opening timetable is still under discussion, but we will keep a close eyes on the project and bring you updates from time to time. All right, Jojo, you asked me to introduce a bit more myself in the previous episode. For this first episode of the new year, I can't wait to let our listeners know more about you, my co-host, partners, and friends. Okie dokie. I know you came from a mixed nationality family, and you are raised in Hong Kong and Malaysia. Growing up, you spent five years working in mainland China. How this multiple culture background shapes you? Yes, yeah, so yeah. Um, my father was born in Japan, my mom was born in Macau, and I was born in Hong Kong, raised in Malaysia, Australia, and work in China, as you said. Um, I think I'm fortunate that I came from a multicultural background family. My multicultural background provides me a lot of advantages, language skill, multiple perspective, adaptability, and such. However, I think the most important thing is the intercultural skill. It helps me to navigate the different norms and value connected with people from different cultures and allowed me to act in various situations. Mm, one of the example, when I was working on one of my previous projects, the Troy Live Show in Beijing Bird Nest, we had a team from 12 countries. Although the show was a success, but we had overcome many challenges you might have or might not have imagined. And thank God I have my multicultural background to support me with this. <laughs> sure, I can imagine. But you have been in the equine industry for more than 10 years now. You are involved and play a lot of different roles in the industry all along. Um, I wonder which role is your favorite? Well, this is a very tricky question, actually. I have been in the industry for 13 years now. Working in the equine industry is my passion and I really enjoy every bit of it. If I have to pick one, I enjoy the education part the most. By this, I don't mean only teaching rider new skills for a short-term satisfaction, but educating the new generation to consolidate the foundation and create a sustainable future for the equine industry. This is also why I took the mission to operate the CEA rider system in the past, and I'm also sitting in the CHIA education committees. Impressive how the passing year of 2021 treated you. In the last few years, I have spent a lot of time working abroad. On average, I flew over 50 times a year. And in 2021, it was very different. The pandemic gave us a lot of restriction. But I would say mainland and Hong Kong controlled the pandemic really well. 
And because of this, most of my family came back to Hong Kong and we managed to spend some quality time together. And on top of that, I have acquired a few new skills and managed to try some new things um, when I have this luxury staying in one place for, for some time. And for example, doing the China Horse Business Podcast is something new. And I really want to say thank you for, for you inviting me as a co-host for this program. And I really like it. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you. My last question, Jojo. You were a regular and a grand voyageurs, travelers before the COVID. If the travel restriction is lifted all over the world in 2022, where will be your first trip and why? Uh, for 2022, I wish the pandemic would settle a bit. I think the first place I will travel will be the main in China because in the past two years, some people might think the industry was quiet in China. There are many exciting projects under planning and ready to shoot. So I will have to travel around and have a look and especially on the racing side. Okay, cool. I uh, myself, I'm so looking forward to seeing you in uh, mainland soon in Shanghai or wherever cities we will travel together. We can travel together too. For sure. Well, so it was fun to hang out with you today. See you next Monday for the podcast and the webinar. See you. This podcast is co-hosting by Zoe King and Jojo Wang. Powered by Wonder Horse, a business solution provider focusing on Chinese equine market and a bespoke equine community in China.